Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida and the best way to start your Saturday, this is KMA Talk Radio, life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, the man with the scoop, William Cooper, Alex the Goat Tavella, and always telling it like it is, honest Abe DeBetta. I like to smoke them like the wind's Churchill. Good morning. Wow, I look a little bit weird today for Honest Abe, right? That's because I'm not. It is uh, Paul, the producer here, with a hostile takeover with our uh, host, Mr. William Cooper. I like that that little line you gave. Hostile takeover. That's right. Yeah, we're taking over today. (laughs) We're taking. And, I'm in my city. I said we're gonna do. We're gonna make this move today. And we're gonna just take it over. <laughs> and uh, really honored and excited to introduce our special guest host for the day. It is Mr. Fred Rui from yes. Luciani Cigars. Fred, hey, welcome. Everybody. Thank you. Welcome. This is great. I'm going to do my best uh, deep Abe voice today uh, on any comments or smartass remarks. Right. Can, right. I, can I swear? Just be nasty to me. Yeah, yeah, I just got, I, I know, I know. Abe sent me like 40 different insults to give you during today, so I, I think I'm covered. <laughs> so, uh, all of them involve cats, dogs, or doing housework, I'm sure. Uh, Disney was on the list, I don't know Disney, why, oh, but Disney, Disney, Disney's on the list, so Disney's, um, Disney's always on the list. Yeah, it's like an easy yeah, target huge. for him. I was actually yeah. talking to my wife just before because we don't have a trip planned for a while, and I was like, you know, next week I have Friday off for Veterans Day. Here Could we go. We, uh, but it turns out our kids aren't off. Oh, so, here we go. Special excuse. Uh, I can say you're gonna get a excuse note for this one, right? No, it's it's. Yes, I'm you probably, uh, I'm gonna probably constructive head to Disney in. education you'll do or something like that. No, no, I'll probably go to smoke in because the dojo guys will be there. Sokka will be there. Um, I'll have the whole day off so I can you know do what I got to do father wise and then skip out for the evening and. Drink some bourbon and listen to Steve Saka talk about you know. I mean, you, you could you could skip all that and actually just shave. You could like lose uh, the '70s porn star ma- you know mustache at this so, point. And listen, um, I I haven't shaved the mu- I had the mustache for Halloween to be Mario. Right, and it's and over. And it's over. It is over. I just I don't know. I I hate it, but I. Kind of, um, I did like, it last year. It. Remember, I did it last year with the Phillies, and then I kept it like another. I was going to Mexico, so I kept it for a month. I guess I said once I got back from Mexico, then I uh, I shaved it. <laughs> okay, Coop. The difference is Paul can grow a mustache like in two days. It took you like a month and a half to like warm up and get the mustache going. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time I had facial hair in a very long time, actually. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's so true. I I I think this mustache took me three days to grow. Yeah, and then uh, just so everybody knows, by the way, in, in the chat, uh, Abe is fine. Uh, it's it's nothing. It's 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 unfortunately could be here. It's a uh, sex change uh, surgery. And, um, <laughs> Absolutely. So, I, but you know, I'm not, oh, are we, are we live? I'm not supposed to say that, am I? Oh, oh. shit! Yeah, keep that quiet, man. No, uh, he's fine. You know, I'll be back uh, next week and um, or sooner. Yep. Abe is Abe is perfectly or fine. Sooner. Alex has a case of the man flu, uh, so he's not able to come on. 
That is yeah, the Alex most dangerous of all. I don't he think people realize that. Down for the count if he's not here. Yeah, well, I haven't. Paul, you would have the sniffle. You'd be gone, right? Paul, you'd have the sniffle, and you'll say, "I can't make it." But but well, Alex I wouldn't must show really up. Be no, no, I I've been on the air sick before. I think I was on the air with COVID. Actually, I'm pretty sure I was. I, I mean, I've had COVID a billion times now, so it's it's. I'm sure you know, I've never had COVID. COVID. You know, I never had COVID. And I got beat up for wearing a mask from everybody. I'm just saying, I never, I never the, got it. I was yeah, I, one I, of the very I, few. I, I, I still carry a mask around. Yeah, I got COVID yeah. at Coop's party in Vegas. That's where he I did. got COVID. He, so. he did. Really? <laughs> he did. I didn't get it. None of us got it in the house. Everyone who visited the house got it that night. Uh, actually, in your defense, though, I, the timing of it, I think we'd already had it when we got there. It's just a good thing none of the media guys got it when we were there. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it was um, huh. there were, I think, five or six people who were hanging out at the pool that night. And if you were hanging around the pool by the house, you got it. And, um, yeah. And I was like, I actually was like, um, you know, I was just shocked none of us got it. We were all testing multiple times yeah. after we went yeah. home. Yeah. Maybe you, maybe you're one of the few that's like immune to it, Coop. Um, you know, like, has I, anybody I, I in your house had it? Because it no, is impossible uh, to not get it if somebody in your house has it. No, but I, you know, when I went through sepsis, I almost think like my body went through a, a, a recharge and a recleanse where I built up a different set of immunity. So yeah. that's kind of been my theory on this. Um, that might have that because that's literally what happened to me. So or just dumb luck. Or luck, yeah, or luck, yeah. yeah. Or the yeah. mask, or the mask. I, 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 got, on... I get beat up for wearing the mask, but it's worked for me is what I'm saying. Coop, I can count on people I know. I can count on one hand people that I actually know, not including like Howard Stern's never had COVID, but like, you know, I don't know him. But like uh, out of people that I personally know, I can count on one hand how many people have never had it, which is... Um, if I had it, I was asymptomatic is what I'll just say, you know, and I didn't demonstrate any symptoms. So it, it the second time I got it for some reason it was worse, but it, it still yeah. it, it wasn't as bad as the flu for me. All right, or, moving or, on. Or the, we we covered the COVID conversations a million times last week. Well, let's I, talk way, about where you guys I, are. I, I think I think Michelle's uh, if that's her thing on why Abe is out, and I think we should come up with like a prize for the best excuse on why Abe is out. I, she Ooh, wrote Botox great, question yeah. mark, and I'm hoping that has to do with Abe because that's pretty solid. I like that answer so far. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm in That's Dallas. Cool. Uh, you can tell by the Dallas skyline and the hotel lamp. Uh, I'm in Dallas right now, so enjoy. <laughs> and that barbecue. beautiful hotel artwork behind you. Yes, isn't so? It's black and white, so I'm assuming it's Ansel Adams. I have no idea who this is. It's the Rio Grande. It's actually the Rio Grande, is what Ooh. it is. So there we go. Just it. like being there. <laughs> and then and, uh, out, out on the other side is um, oh shoot, what's that place down south? Uh, the Alamo. I forgot all about that. Uh, sorry, that was a really bad joke. Really bad you joke. Sorry, Coop, where are you? Well, believe it or not, I'm actually in Miami, and there's a beautiful view behind this this thing. But you just can't. The sunlight's just unfortunately darkening me out with the lighting. But yeah, I'm in Miami. Uh, I'm at Lazona Palooza uh, weekend, which is the annual um, big consumer event that uh, Espinosa Scars throws every year. So um, I am. This is the final day of it. And uh, I've been in Miami when, since Wednesday. When did it start? Um, it, the official event started Thursday. But, you know, what the Espinosa people were telling me is people started showing up on Monday and literally <laughs> just showing up at the warehouse. And from what Hector told me, they were putting these people to work, actually, and people were willing to work. But I guess someone, some people got there as early as Monday. But the, the, the event officially kicked off on Thursday. 
How how many people would you say are there? Is it a big turnout this year? Yeah, it's about two hundred. Um, it it it's it might be the biggest turnout I've seen. I missed last year's. Um, but um, it definitely this is the biggest one I've seen. About two hundred people. Jeez, I haven't. I've been to a couple of them. I've never seen that many people there before. Yeah, actually. it so it's definitely more than because you you guys were there probably in two thousand nineteen. That was my last one, and then COVID knocked two out. Uh, and then I had to miss last year. So this is my first time back in four years. Uh, and, and, and Paul, it's the same formula that they've used for every year. It, it, it's nothing really different. Um, and people, I change it. They, well, I change it. But, you know, sometimes you do have to change it, right? But I don't think people are tired of the formula. You know, some people may spend a little less time at the event and do other things in Miami, but they're all there at one point or another. So um, it was – like said, well, you'll um, have to they, let us know if Eric does his uh, trademark karaoke. Song he already did it. He already did it. Yeah. Party. Oh, he did that it. Oh, the party happened already. He did. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever that song. He said, which you know, I'm sick of it, but people love it. I mean, so why mess with it? Um, people really love it. It's he, like it's a very it's a very obscure song, especially for somebody like the Alpha Dog to sing. Isn't it like ABBA or something? Like it's like a it's not a, a macho song. It's not a macho. What's going? That's a what's going on song. Yeah, it's not an Alpha Dog song by any any means <laughs> either. Um, you know they they normally in the past this is something that is a little different. Um, in the past they have um used the event to pick an event only cigar. One year they kind of previewed the new Laranja Oscuro. Uh, they did the collaboration with General one year. This year they did something different. They had this sampler called the Anatomy of a Bat, and what it had, it had all the uh, they had the wrappers, the binders, and the fillers that go into the Murcielago. And Hector walked everyone through a tasting seminar with that, uh, which I thought was something really good. I think they're going to be doing a lot of those types of events right now. We smoke. What do the they call those, Fred? When they when you just roll like the wrapper into burritos, burritos. Yeah, it just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then there were a couple of what was really cool about it is like Mercy Lago has, for example, a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. They had a couple of other wrapper options um, to try it with. So they had one with a Connecticut shade and a one with a Habano wrapper. Now I didn't participate in it because I was kind of doing media, the media photos and stuff doing it. But um, I think this is something Espinosa is going to be doing a lot more of at, at their events in the upcoming months and they'll probably do it with other cigars. So that was well, something they cool. introduced this year that I thought was a, was a great addition to, to Lozona Palooza this year. Did, did everybody have their media? Like when you're at Lozona Palooza, especially at the big events, like the media days, it'll be like you get called into Hector's office. Like, it, yeah, you know, like, it's the KMA guy's time to sit down in Hector's office and Hector, when you walk, listen, I love Hector. I think yeah. he's, I think he's awesome, but he'll sit back and be like, and look me dead in the eye, like, what? Why are you here? <laughs> yeah, no, he Hector was probably the most jovial I've seen him in all the, uh, you know, in all the Lozona Paloozas. And yeah, there's always that time in the back with Hector. Um, it's fun though, because he, I, like, it, like any cigar, like when you're with cigar makers and whatnot, like they'll like be like, oh, you know, like, they're like going through their drawer and they'll be like, oh, look at this. This is unlike, oh, this is, taste this. This is something I'm working on. (laughs) You know, like an unlabeled cigar rolling around somewhere. Like, oh, you know what? This is actually good. Try this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, Hector's got a lot of those gems in in his office. Uh, Juan Cancel was back this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Juan Cancel was back. Where's Juan? Yeah, he's back. The hashtag where's Juan. So Juan was making old fashions. Um, So I got it. I had never tried the Juan fashion before. The Juan old fashioned. 
Uh, it, it was um, mine was very. Everyone thought they were very good. I heard I had him the second day, and people said the first day they weren't quite as good, but the second day he he uh, he nailed it. So um, he had to warm up. Yeah, he and I'll say this: Juan Juan was not well, but Juan was tired on this trip. I'll be honest with you. Like he left before me both nights, which I'm Subdued not the one to stay one. late. Yeah, a little, well, a little subdued one, yeah. A little subdued one. Uh, he did definitely clear out some of the rye in Hector's office. So he said he kept coming back and he needed more booze. Mm-hmm. Fashion, so Hector's office was slowly losing uh, the rye in there. I think every time he's been physically on the air, like in studio with us, he's made us drinks. And he comes with a whole bar set. Did you guys ever hear the story about what happened in Nicaragua? So I was in Nicaragua with him and he was making old fashions. And he needed a stirrer, and he didn't have a stirrer, so he stirred it with his pinky, right? I was the only one, and you want to talk about immunity, I was the only one who didn't get come down with some sort of flu. Everyone else went down with this thing. I did not have the old-fashioned that was stirred with his pinky. And I'm telling you, he took down the whole the whole crew on that trip. But we were, I we remember were hearing that people got sick from you, I think, but I didn't know that it was because he's – my grandfather stirred his drink with no. his pinky – <laughs> for years, no, but that yeah, was but not for what? other people. Oh, that's true. Yes, no, like for other people. So, so yeah, well, one was one was back this year. Well, that's good to hear. Coop, yeah, Alex um, asked how the cheesecakes were. The cheesesteaks. Um, I didn't. I actually was not there for the cheesesteaks. Um, I heard, uh, so I don't have. A, I can't give a full re- oh. report on them. Um. But I heard they were good. I mean, they had cheese whiz they were using for it. So um, this was a place that was featured on uh, the Guy Fieri Diners, uh, Dives and Drive-Ins. Uh, I think it was called Sunny's was the place. So I did not get get there, unfortunately. Uh, I had some day job stuff call, call to my attention yesterday when that was being served. So I had to go back to the hotel. Uh, lame. Yeah, right? Well, you know, do, do, yeah, duty, call, duty call sometimes. Yeah, so... Yeah, but they did have they had paella last night. Paella, that's usually a staple of Arizona blues, and the paella was amazing. Yeah, the food's always really good there. Yeah, yeah, they did have. By the way, they I'll, I'll say this. the first like when they get in, you know, they kind of go a little easier on the food just because people are trickling in on Thursday. They did have pub subs for Alan Rubin. I thought you know, so I had one yesterday. It was probably my first one in a year and a half. I was doing errands with the kids. Pub subs you know, are great. Okay. Have a pub sub. I, I, I my argument, Alan is. Alan, it's the same meat that's on most subs. It's just the bread's okay. There's better bread you can get. That, that's right. What my but who has better bread? Who has well, better bread? Is the... Who in Florida has better bread? VNS Deli. Okay, widespread. Widespread. I'm not, I'm not as familiar with the chain. Oh, I'll say this. Wawa's bread's pretty good. Wawa's bread's no oh, way. How no, much is way better? No. no. All right, better you're out. Wawa. You're out. No, no. I'm telling you. I just had. You're not I, in the sub conversation Wawa. anymore. <laughs> at least compared to the, the pub, Publix in North Carolina, that's what I'll just say. I, I think the bread, the bread of Publix in North Carolina is not good. I, I've, I've had that. Uh, yeah, Alex, our, our, Alex, he's the goat. That's why he's the goat, man. Panera, I, 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 I didn't disagree with VNS. I'm just saying it's not widespread. Panera, uh, Panera I can't. Panera going to drive three hours to go to VNS to get a Panera is Panera is overpriced cafeteria food. I'm sorry. 
I'm and sorry. Like, you walk in, the in there with two what's people. What's the big rib? You, you walk. Let, let, let's let's not let's not pick on the big dogs just yet. We can we okay, can do okay. the big later. Okay, but okay. let's just one thing at a time. Panera is the only place you walk in with two people, and you're like, "How did I spend thirty five bucks?" And it wasn't that good. Yeah, I had a half a sandwich and a salad, and and I had a sourdough bowl with soup in it, and which, by the way, the broccoli cheddar is pretty good. And then you gave me another side of bread. So if I want to carb load for for what Tom just did across country, then maybe I need that. But yeah, no. Panera's horrible. I've never been a fan. Panera's I've horrible. Never been a fan of Panera. No, no. It, it, but Publix is that good? You gonna tell me Publix is that good? No, I'm just I saying. Like, Boar's Head. I, I like it better than like a than a Jimmy John's or anything like that. I just I just find I, it I, consistent. You know. I, I will I will agree with you on that because there's better meats they're using there. I, you know, Better I think meat, the pro- I think fresher. The I feel like everything's fresh. Like you, you always have crispy salad, and and you know, like I don't know. That I, 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 never, I will never touch. I will never touch a salad bar anymore. Well, I know. Oh, chicken no, tenders, no, I don't Panera, salad bar. Yeah, our uh, Publix chicken tenders are okay. You know, so you get. And you're right. The McRibs coming party. back after that huge ordeal last year of like we're not bringing it back. It's gone. It's blah blah blah. That didn't last long. Didn't Here last we go. It's back. People's, the people's it's back. Fred, how many how many McRibs do you eat in a season? Like, I don't eat as many as one? I used to. No, no, no. I'll probably have like I'll probably have five. Yeah, maybe. it's about what I have. It depends. Once a you know, week, I'll it just have it, it yeah. just depends. And it it it's coming back has nothing to do with the marketing splash of it. They always get a big hit out of it. It has to do with what the pork prices are going to be and whether they can get the price they want for it. So I think last year they thought they weren't bringing it back. Why they went out with that huge, you know, making it seem like they're never coming back was just ridiculous and depressing mm-hmm. to everybody that likes it. Um, and I've said it a million times. There's there's people that like the McRib. There's people that hate the McRib. There's nobody in the middle. Nobody's just like, oh, that's okay. I mean, people are just like, yep. love it or hate it, and that's it. Yep. It's the second most it, divisive thing in the nation. You, I could not tell you the last time that I had a McRib. And we don't really eat McDonald's here. I mean, my kids do. My kids will get chicken nuggets every couple of weeks, but... I can't tell you the last time I had a McRib. Now I'm kind of like excited to, and, I, and if I, I had can't... known that it was never coming back, I probably would have gone to get one. So maybe that. How did you good. not know? They like made that like a huge thing. Yeah. Listen, man, I'm in my own world here. It, you, two, two kids, so, a baby on the way, a pregnant wife, a baby on the way, yeah. two dogs. Like it's, uh-huh. there's stuff going on. Plus I work all day. Like I don't pay attention to the media right now, unfortunately. I, yeah, I mean, look, the the people that don't like McRib or the people, so there's look, there's a lot of people who like the McRib. It's like it's like it's like when you date somebody and you break up, and then like you know six months go by, a year goes by, and you're like, you know, they weren't that bad, and then you go out, <laughs> go out, and you're like, oh yeah, now I know why we're not together. That's yeah. why the McRib is only only available, you know, once yeah. in a while. Once that memory starts slipping. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's exactly the case, you know, but I, I do, I, I, I don't know if it's been released yet. Some people have said it was released, but well, it should, legal. it should be, let's see. So it's November 4th. So it should be two days from now. Although sometimes <laughs> it's, it's really got weird. an alert on his phone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> did I tell you the one time? So, so did I tell you on the Apple watch quick story? Cause I really want to get to Tom. Um, yeah, yeah. So when I usually get like a lot of beta stuff on the Apple stuff, I'll get a message from. So when the Apple watch first came out, they were doing this thing with like the Mayo Clinic or whatever it was. And they said, hey, we want to track you. Will you opt in? If something happens, it'll send you like these panic messages. I don't know if I shared the story or not. I thought I did. But um, literally, I never got any heart warning, never got anything like that. And then one day I get this little beep and alarm and 
call your doctor and then I get an email from like the, the Mayo Clinic or whoever the partner was involved on that. You know, can you detail what was happening? It was literally 10 minutes after I had my first grip this season is when I got this, <laughs> I got this warning on my watch. And so literally, I'm probably the only person that responded back to the study going, you know, what was wrong? What were you doing? Were you exerting yourself? I'm like, dude, I was just happy. I had a McRib sandwich. <laughs> right, <laughs> the right. The only time it ever went out. Only time it ever did the warning. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> Jeff wants to bring back the McDLT. That's keep the hot side hot and the cold side cold. cold. That was, Remember uh, that? Yeah, yeah. The guy from uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Jason, whatever. He was, like, in the commercial dancing. Oh, Jason so Alexander. Yes, such a bad commercial. You can probably Google it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't yeah. don't even know that. I think but it has I like think a I members only jacket on or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 bad. Yeah, Those by the way, days, but, but good concept. Good concept. It just didn't yeah. take off, you know. Juan Cancel, when I saw him, he is still advocating for the McLobster to go national. Oh not bad. It's not bad. Where did I haven't had it? I've never had it. He's advocating for it. Yeah. Yeah, they sell it up north. Never he, uh, I'm not sure it's really he, lobster. He, I mean, he got I don't thrown think out of a McDonald's when they didn't have it. He actually got thrown out yeah. of McDonald's when yeah. they didn't have it. He got a hostel and they had to ask him oh, to leave. Yeah, true story. Yeah. I was told it from his rep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today we have a, uh, a very special guest. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you, good if segue part, after all this health food we've been talking about. Right. Yeah, 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 seriously. We need the now, antidote. <laughs> now get your life right and talk to a man who has it all figured out uh, health wise. Um, but you, you may know him. Uh, he, him and his wife are staples uh, at the Alaskan Outpost for smoking cigars. But uh, joining us right now, uh, live from Mothership, the headquarters of Smoke In in Boynton Beach, Florida, it is Mr. Tom Pauzer. Tom. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Welcome. It's a fantastic morning. Well, Tom, congratulations, first of all, on what you, we're going to talk about your ride. And congratulations. What an accomplishment. So seriously. Really? Yeah. 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 So for anybody that doesn't know what you did, tell them just how, um, I don't know, what's the word? Stupid? No. Um, just how crazy. <laughs> tell, 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 I mean, tell them what you did. I mean, this is, I don't know anybody that's done this. Yeah. It was the most difficult thing. I, I rented a Tesla. And it was really hard finding charging stations all across the country. And, uh, and don't I, get me started on this conversation. On that conversation. Oh, don't either. I have a thing about this trip with electric. I thought he's picking on me. I literally rented a Tesla this week in Dallas, but that's a whole other story. Tom, let's talk about you. Yeah. You did not rent a Tesla. You rode a bicycle across the country. I did. Um, so, um, and I feel weird because I'm smoking a cigar and you three aren't. Um, I, I was given a cut cigar this morning. I was given a cappuccino. I was given a bottle of water. It was brought to him. He, See, because like a server yes, brought it to him. You, sir, are a rock star. I you just went across the country uh, on a bicycle. So you st where did you start? Tell us where you started. Okay, so um, so everyone knows we, we live up in Juneau. So I, I packed up the bike, and I flew it down to San Diego. And I started at Dog Beach right there in San Diego. I guess there's multiple mm -hmm. Dog Beaches. Um, but uh, Steve Toth met me. Kent Simon met me. And I have a coworker that came down from L.A. Sent me off. So I started in San Diego. And I followed what's called the uh, Southern Tier Route. So basically going from San Diego to St. Augustine. Why, why did you pick? What made you, first of all, pick this route? Like, why the Southern Tier? Like, was there a reason for it? 
Yeah, so I wanted to start in Bellingham, so Washington, kind of right. cut across the U.S. and then come down. Mm -hmm. But started thinking it's October. It's already going to be snowing in the mountains. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. Why not find a better route and just follow? So I found the Southern Tier route. So that was the easiest route to get across the U.S. And it stayed warm. I saw rain for three hours. Three hours of thirty-seven days. And it was in Texas. That's great. What was the longest trip you had done before this? I mean, transcontinental. Had you done a major road trip Never. like like Never. close to this nope. or something? Nope. Um, I took a ferry down to Bellingham and rode over to Anacortes and Orcas okay. Island. Okay. But and that was about two hundred miles, and that was the longest I've ever done. Okay. Okay. So, so when what, you when you flew from from Alaska to San Diego. Were you just not aware that there were other planes available to fly you out to Florida? I mean, this is a conscious decision. I mean, were you not aware that there were more planes available to you? Well, halfway through, I realized that there were trains and there were planes and there were cars that I could have had, too. A lot so, of options. Those things flying okay. by you on the freeway, all those well, were options. Every one of them. Some of those days, I would sit there looking at all of those fast-moving seats of air conditioning going past me, uh, and it was, yes. it was like, oh, it would have been so nice for someone just to. I mean, if someone pulled over and say, "Hey, you want to, you want ten miles of air conditioning?" I probably right, have a bike rack. You know, <laughs> yeah. did people do that? Did did people offer to to like get you from one place to the next or no? No, not at all. Um, okay. I, oh, oh I, once in, in Texas, I had a state trooper that did stop and say, because there was construction up ahead going into Louisiana, and he was concerned about my safety, and he did want to drive me to the Louisiana border to get through the construction. Oh, okay. That was nice of him. Yeah. What? So what was the worst? So how many miles a day were you normally doing? Well, I had a goal. I had a goal of doing 100 miles, which was to me is pretty easy. So, okay. but so given all the weight i had on the bike the mountains the desert the heat um the first two days were 40 something miles each just because it was going from sea level to seven thousand feet and right with the heat and looking for places to stay stuff like that so i averaged probably 75 if you look at all 37 right. days so what was what was your just like worst leg like you're just like what the hell am i doing out here all of Florida, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally, when I from Mississippi into Florida, Florida is where I had my first flat tire, and I only had one, so that was in Panama City. That's and, crazy. And yeah. so it was about five miles because I was staying in hotels, so about five miles from the hotel, and I'm like, I'm not going to sit here for and on the side of the highway to fix my tire. So I walked the five miles to the hotel. Um, but then pretty much from Panama City all the way through Mexico Beach and down and around and heading towards Gainesville, it was just nonstop headwinds. The the, the fiercest winds I've had the entire trip. You, you came the week that we've had. I mean, the last two weeks, wind the wind has yeah. been insane here. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about that, man. Like that, And that really, you don't, it's not something that you necessarily think about. And then no. but when you're in it, it, it really slows you down. I mean, it makes your job twice as hard. Uh, real quick. Um, yeah. Michael Herklotz told me to say Barrio Tego. Okay. <laughs> no, so, no. Um, That's some good product go. placement. It gets uh, free advertising. 
So, <laughs> so um, I, I have this app. So I have the Windy app, if anyone's heard of it. And it basically shows the the where the winds are coming in your area from what direction. And you can kind of play it to fast forward and and see where the winds are going to be in the next three, four, five next day. So leading up to coming into Florida, it was just looking at the winds were literally going to be in my face. So when when you're on a bike and you have even 10 mile per hour headwinds, it's it's torture. Um, mm -hmm. It's brutal with with 15 to 20 mile per hour gusts. So that was probably the the most difficult to where you know your mental state. Michelle was already down here, and I just wanted to get here as fast as possible. Um, but it, it were you supposed it, to be here sooner? Um, based on my my calculations, I, I I wanted to be here on the 25th. Okay. So. Um, Wait, so so go back for a second. What what do you do with the wind information? Like that's cool. You got this app that tells you that. Space. Do you just look at the app and just go basically like, okay, I'm screwed, or do you just like have suck. some mental adjustment or some route adjustment or what? What do you do? I mean, it. I did do a lot of route adjustments, trying okay. to see if I could find different highways that would take me more southerly. Because if the winds are coming from the northeast, you know, in that pattern, I know I'm fucked. And so most of the time, I just I just did it. And just kind of plowed through it as best as I could, you know. Um. Tom, you did you, when you started this trip, right? You, you went yeah. through at the southwest, and you know, it's not a lot of big. It, it's it's more populated east. How, did you like know like where you were gonna go and hope? Because you could sometimes go a long time, particularly going through like Arizona, New Mexico, about like finding hotels could be a challenge. So how did you kind of did you map all this out? I mean, how did you plan this? Because I, I never, I never pre-planned where I was going to stay because okay. it would have been pointless to start having all these hotels and all sorts of places and stops along the way because everything changed. So, so let's say starting in San Diego, your first major stop is Alpine, California. Um, so that was my get to Alpine. Um, so I knew that was going to be a stop because from starting from San Diego with what I had with weight and everything on the bike just getting up that first steep of the mountain that was the first goal and i ended up in blight so a little bit farther um but you know just kind of following the track and then at the end of every single day you know i'm breaking stuff down charging all of my equipment and getting set up and maintenance on the bike and then i sit there looking at the route while i'm eating just to see okay this is what i can do tomorrow and I don't ride in the dark um, at all. I'll leave about maybe 10 minutes before sunrise. So when you're talking about the desert, let's say, um, going through like a 60 mile section of the desert, there's nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, no communities, no nothing. And you see a car, maybe if I'm not on I-10, I would see a car maybe every 30 minutes. So that's how desolate it was. And you get excited. You're like, hi, oh, look, look, hey, hi. Oh, I mean, okay. sort of. Yeah. It's because you're in the middle of the desert, not carrying weapons. I'm by myself. It's one of those things where you're always on edge, let's say. So, so why wouldn't – so my, my boss has done – so my boss for my day job has done a, this trip. He's done Alaska to Key West. He's done Key West to Alaska. 
he did one this year where he was going to go to Alaska, but he ended up going to Washington State because of the fires in Canada. He was he was worried about the haze and and the smoke. But he he carries he he I made a jersey for him. I designed it, and it's got a big green circle. It's got a picture of a, of a gun, and it's he's called the armed cyclist. He carries. <laughs> He knows yeah. he knows what he has to alter his route for where he where he's licensed to carry. Right. So like there's a lot of states he can't go into. And he he would really love to make the trip from Florida up to Maine. But he knows he can't because there's about, you know, 16 states he can't carry along the way. Uh, right. But what? So was that it was that in your head, like just for protection, even from animals like you just weren't sure where you could carry? Um, number one, more of a logistical nightmare, just having to go through all that stuff. I just, you know. And I think you had enough to worry about. I, I think in the back of my head, it was just trust, you know, just trust in other people, mm-hmm. trust in myself and what I can do. I mean, I had a camping knife. I had a Gerber camping knife, like a eight inch. So, I mean, I had stuff. I didn't carry mace. I carried one of those Marine air horns. Okay. It, it, and it works amazing for, for, you know, dogs, you know, chased by dogs a lot. Um, were so, you really? Oh yeah. If when you're in the middle of nowhere, going down some country bumpkin road, and you know the dog is protecting its house, right? But but when you got three or four Rottweilers coming chasing after you, just angry, you know, and and you watch them, you know, and it was more not just for my safety. It's one of those things because you got owners that just let their dogs run, but I'm on a highway with cars doing 65, 70, and they're not paying attention to that. No. So, I mean, it's protection for me because I've seen other cyclists that have gotten ripped apart by, by dogs, but just one, one blow of that thing freaks them the hell out and they stop, you know? And another thing was to keep them off the road so they don't get hit by cars. Yeah. You know? So did you have the take your lane signs, the, the flags that go down the side to keep people three feet away or no, good for you. No. Um, the best state was, Florida by chance. I mean, honestly, um, for, for people that, that actually stayed over, um, going through Mississippi, they do have the signs that say, um, three feet, you know, for cyclists, which was cool. Um, on the interstate was the interstate, you know, did you have any problems with local authorities on the interstate? Cause I don't know if they let bicycles on the interstates in some areas. Um, California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, I'm allowed on interstates. Okay, so you, yeah, oh. so it's, it's by state then they do that. 100%, 100%. Once you get past the Mississippi into Louisiana, no. Okay, yeah, because I'm more familiar with the East. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. So, what, um, Tom, so tell me tell me what, like, I mean, what is, what, you, know, you, you have this big span of time. Mentally, what is your day, like, like, I went down a grocery store aisle and I was upset I didn't have AirPods with me to like listen to music to get to the end of the aisle. So how do you, what do you do your whole day? Do you, do you listen to music? Are you just like in some weird Forrest Gump zone that you just go? Or, I mean, how, like, I, I think I would go nuts. I think I would mentally That's go nuts. I mean, I, got, I mean, I got your focus, but what, what do you do? I mean, do you like, did you write a book in your head? What, I mean, what do you do? Um, every once in a while. I would listen to music, but it, it just, it, it wasn't conducive to winds to, mm-hmm. I wanted to hear vehicles coming behind me because when you're in the middle of nowhere, I want to know if there's a car coming. Um, st- starting to learn semi trucks sounds. Um, I know when, an, 
believe it or not, I know when there's just a deer in the trees and I know what the sound of a dog that's just taken off from the front porch. So it's, it's, you start learning those things and you want to hear those things. Um, so, and then just with the wind in my ears, it was just music wasn't a thing. So I didn't necessarily talk to myself the whole time, but a lot of times it was like, oh, that's fucking cool. You know, seeing something in the desert or seeing this and well, that person's retarded, you know, you, you know, it's, it's just, it, it's how you just kind of move with it. So I'm probably 95% of the time I was just in a zone. No music, no nothing. Just looking, listening wow. to the white noise from the wind. Wow. I would, I'm in Fred's. I'm in Fred's camp. I I would go crazy. I'd be listening to podcasts or books on tape or something. Maybe in one ear, because I know what you're saying, Tom. Like when you're in that situation, you want to have full surround. Like you know, you want to be aware of your surroundings. I'm gonna say probably if I'm so 37 days, probably 34. Four of those days I had headwinds. So when you have wind coming in, you can't hear a thing. I can have my um, noise canceling headphones and I can't really hear a lot that's going on because the wind is so is, is so heavy. So right out of the gate, you you I know because I was following along on the right out of the gate, you shed some weight. You just had too much gear and you're just like, OK, I've got way too much gear. Yeah. What else would you do differently in this route that you learned in this route going, oh, I would do this next time. And maybe you learned it along the route or maybe you learned at the end of the route going, yeah. okay, I would do this differently, you know, as far as just the mechanics of doing it. Um, number one was getting rid of the things I don't need. Um, getting rid of shoes. I got rid of those when I was in California because um, <laughs> I just wore, I wore Chacos the whole time. I never wore, I wore open-toed sandals. Um, wow. I... I'm grateful I didn't clip in because just based on the terrain, the wind, the, where I was going clipped in, meaning there's pedals where shoes will just clip right into it. And you're, you're right. Like if you have a, if like, like the Pelotons have like that, like, yeah. I just kind of assumed that's what you did. I didn't picture you going across the country hippie style in a pair of Chacos. No, I mean, I, same, same that's thing. That's like I the saw most anti-bicycling boot. I, are you sure you can have probably? No, um, it's got excellent grip. I never slipped off the pedals. Um, I still had a lot of power going up the mountains, seven, eight, 9% grades. Um, so shedding some of that weight was the first best thing I ever did because it worked in my favor because going through the desert, it was 110 degrees. All that extra space was just filled with water. I mean, I had eight, 10 water bottles. So, I mean, the weight came back, but throughout the day, it just, it, it went away. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah. so knowing that with it being a hundred, hundred plus during the day, and it never really got below 90 at night. So camping was out of the question because I was, you know, you're on a bike for 10 hours. You're, you're, you're done air yeah. conditioning. Cause you all know, I freeze my ass off when it's 75 degrees, right. but yeah. you know, I had the air conditioning as cold as possible. It was amazing. It was nice to just chill out. Um, because, you know, a lot goes on mentally. Um, you know, I had a lot, I had a lot of focus. I had a place to get to. It was hard leaving Juno. It was hard leaving Michelle because what I was doing when, when you, yeah. <laughs> um, when you think about, and I thought about it every day, I was purposely and selfishly putting myself into harm's way every single day. And 
I never, I always had in the back of my mind, is that the last time I was ever going to see Michelle? Um, and it was weird how multiple times I was replaying a news report. A cyclist from Alaska was struck by a truck. You know, oh I was always yeah. replaying sure. stuff. So I was always, always focused on the vehicles coming next to me. I welcome semi trucks doing 80 miles an hour, three feet away from me because I, I needed that comfort. And believe it or not, it's comfort because when you have a 10 mile per hour headwind, that truck was still letting me do 15 miles an hour because right. the wind that came with that truck. But you start learning semi trucks, you know, like a dump truck going by, lots of weight. You have a car carrier, lots of wind. You have a containerized cargo truck can push me over. So I would see them in my mirror and know I got to grip a little bit harder. Those semi trucks that have those skirts, mm -hmm. yep. trailer park, those will suck me in. So it's 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 a lot of paying attention. Plus, I'm looking at the road, looking for nails, looking for all sorts of shit, big tire pieces, you know, so you have a lot going on while you're riding. So let, let's say a 10 hour day of riding. I, I may have seen maybe half of the really cool shit that was around me because my focus was the road, the vehicles, animals, um, stuff like that. There's so stuff going on. The mental yeah. part, th there is. And, but, but at the end of every single day, it was putting my video together and I'd look at it going, Dude, I just did that. Yeah. You know, it was a win. Whether I did 40 miles or I did 100 miles, you know. So did you, did you like, eat a lot of food you didn't post? Because I'm looking at the end of your 10-hour day, and you're like, oh, he's got a cup of salad. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm like what, what, how did you have calories to do this? <laughs> I ate nonstop. Um, every day I would buy stuff. I had two little front bags on the front fork one on each side that was filled with protein bars filled with this um staying in hotels it was filled with fruit it was i mean i was eating all day long um, it's worth noting if you don't know tom you're vegan right vegetarian yeah vegetarian okay so he's vegetarian yeah. so, so so flexitarian so i eat chicken i eat turkey i did eat a slim jim um and what yeah, so you're Fred's hero now. Compliments. The, the whole thing is all yeah. off now. Not even so, a big deal. I, I ate a lot of pickles. I ate a lot of pickle juice. Is pickle juice, yeah. I drank pickle juice. They sell it in the West. Oh like, yeah, pickle juice like, is very, very like much what we charge. Our energy drinks. They have pickle juice because I needed that sodium. Somebody yeah. asked if you weighed less at the end. Did you like weigh in at the end? Were you like, you know, no. no. But I mean, like the, the stuff I'm wearing is a whole lot looser. You know, well, yeah, and he, I mean, you did eat that one Slim Jim, so that I yeah, mean, that, geez, that probably put you over the threw edge. it all I off. Mean, yeah, yeah. bloated up the next day. That was only a hundred mile day. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I could see myself after that, after a day of of cycling, like I'm gonna eat like a lasagna, a tray of lasagna. Dude, I'm hitting like I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm hit, I'm going to Dairy Queen. I'm like doubling down <laughs> on a cheeseburger and a and a, and a well, banana split. Like like in some areas where like like let, let's say there's a Walmart next door. I'd get my salad, right. obviously. I I I oh, didn't yeah, fill up. I didn't fill up on two butts of carbs. I had chicken, um, a lot of carrot cake, you know, because I always, 
you know, I was eating all sorts of stuff that I generally would sparingly eat at home. Right. You know, just carrot because, cake. Yeah. Oh, carrot cake's phenomenal. Yeah. See, I love pro tip. Cake. Pro tip. I mean, I'm not going to go cross country so I can eat more carrot cake, but I mean, that's a nice perk. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Um, so, um, look. I'm amazed, Tom, that you did this without a support vehicle. I mean, this is everything he's talking about he had on his bicycle. I mean, yeah. there's, there are people who do this yeah. across the country that have like, you know, hey, if he needs water, if he needs a wrench, if there's a wrench or something. you, Tom, you didn't well, have that. And he That's did it alone. Did. There's, yeah, this there's is no, amazing there's what you no did. There's no pack yeah. of bikes that you come yeah. on. Matter of fact, I don't know if we have the video or can play the video. Everybody can look for it. But when you came in to smoke in. How little was on that bike? Like I was picturing a, a a full bike of stuff, and there's like nothing on this bike. Did you, yeah. you just had the two saddles? I didn't see the video. Right? I took the video. Yeah. So I I had um when I first started, I had everything, camping stuff, tent. You know, I had everything that I needed. But like I mentioned earlier, it's 90 degrees at night, and when I left San Diego, it was in the 70s. It was chilly. You know. Me and Steve and his wife were out smoking cigars at night on the beach, and it was cold. The coldest high temperature I ever saw was where it's at here in Boynton Beach. So it never really got below 88 degrees the entire time. So camping wasn't well, Today you're freezing here. Yeah, I mean, it's cold out. Um, but Let me see if I can bring up this video, Fred. I think I can. Yeah, I, I didn't see the video. I want to see it. Yeah, they, they police escorted him in at the very end, and so, which was super cool. So I got rid of how, how did how did they know you were coming in? It was an Abe. Abe, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So I got rid of stuff in El Centro, California, and then when I got to Austin, um, Chris Cheen, who's another um, no uh, Cameron, another socialite, he met me in Austin, and he took some more stuff to send home. So, and because I was staying in hotels and stuff like that. I only carried clothes, food, um, tools, spare tubes, just the necessities wow. that I need on any normal 50, 100 mile bike ride. Because, like, hey. you know, <laughs> I, I like well, how he just drops that any I'm normal like, 50 mile amazed. an hour, 100 bike ride. I'm yeah. just amazed. Yeah, this is just amazing to yeah. hear this. Yeah. Um, so I had, a, I had my rain gear in the center. I have a frame uh -huh. pack. That's just rain gear that I never used. Um, I used once for that two hours in Texas. That's the great, back, though, man. What, what luck is that? Yeah, in the back, I had a had a pump, had my electronics, had my laptop, had clothes, um, and the two front ones, I had like like safety stuff, like band aids and all sorts of stuff, and mm -hmm. and I had a little uh, what's called a feeder pouch in the front where I carried my air horn, and then food, and that was it. That's all I needed. Did, did you have any physical problems? Uh, you know, did anything happen physically to you that that impeded you at all on the way? I had blisters when I started. You know, your your saddle sores. You know, oh um, boy, yeah. Like like even in Juno, like I could do 100 miles, come home, and I'm fine because I know I'm not going to do 100 miles again for like another two weeks. Right. Uh, so because I had a lot of gear, so you can't really stand up a lot. Yeah. So you're sitting for on that little seat for so many hours um, with the heat and the, and the lack of humidity, the loss of sodium and salt and all sorts of stuff. My right quad just kept giving me like it would cramp up. 
So if you've seen those marathons where people come into the finish line and they can't walk and they're just like stumbling and falling over, I had that happen to me on a reservation in Arizona. Like I literally couldn't walk. I had to hold on to the bike and just slowly regain any function in my life, you know? So I knew I was severely dehydrated. I needed sodium, stuff like that. So when I would get those tinges, I knew to kind of back it off, kind of slow my pace. And then, yeah, my toe, I had massive blisters and ripped the hell out of my toe. It's perfectly fine now. Um, so I had that bandage for like, maybe we don't do those open toed shoes across. Country. Right, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. So you, know, you had, you, you had like on your second day, I'm watching the routing thing. And I actually texted you on that one. You literally had to like backtrack something ridiculous, like 50 miles or whatever the heck it was. You just like, you, you yeah. went down or wrong and had to go back. Did you not like think on the date on like day two or whatever it was? You're just like, you know what? I'm out. This is this was a really stupid idea. No, no, I, I never regretted any single thing of the entire trip. Really? No. Um, so that backtrack following the actual southern tier route, it took me in through. So I'm in an actual Indian reservation in Arizona. And it took me up from an elevation of like 4000 feet going up to 7500 feet on a dirt road. It's 108 degrees. And I'm like, this is just not working. I, I couldn't get up because the road. And so I came across a, a tribal officer who was sitting there, um, a, a female officer, had nothing to do with male or female. But um, so I started, I went past her, kind of waved like, hey, um, white guy here coming through. Um, and went about 100 yards. And I'm like, I can't do this. So I turned around just because it was so steep. I came back, went up to her. She rolled down the window. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, hi. You know, like with not a lot of enthusiasm, but I'm like, do you know where this road goes? Is this going to take me to here? And her answer was, I don't know. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. All right, I'm like, cool. I'm probably going to go back this way and kind of find something out because I, I didn't want to sit there and say, uh, this is your area. You work here. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like, wouldn't you know your post is here because number one, I had, I had what's considered weapons. I had two knives with me. I didn't want any hassles on, I'm on a reservation. So I just kind of, all right. Yeah. I'm just yep. going to go back because it's really cool down here. I'm going to go check these things out and just kind of got out of there as fast as possible got back to I-10 and just zip past this whole area. Um, so that wow. was one of, that was one of the backtracks. Um, I, 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 mean, I think I was off by like 15 miles. Um, there's a, this video. is, I have the, I have the video. Let me just go in here and make it full screen. All right. So this is Tom coming in. Did the, when... this fi so this finished at smoke in, this actually finished at the smoke in yeah. store. Okay. Yeah. In the back door. Welcome to the show, Coop. I, no, I thought, I, thought, I thought he went all the way to the beach. That's why I was just wondering. That's why. I, and that's Abe back there in his car with the with the flags in the yeah. Jeep. Yep. We, we should put Abe on the bicycle. Have following him. That would have been epic video. <laughs> that would have been epic video. Look at him. There he is with his chacos. His you probably have the most epic chaco tan right now. That's a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. I noticed he's going to he's going into the parking lot in the back. Right. Yep. Air this horn. Is the the cul-de-sac. 
This yep, is, had yeah. to blow the air up more. Yeah, so I, there's no great. stuff on this that. Is great, yeah. No. So, so when I got to Austin, um, I gave Cameron a bunch of stuff. He had no problem shipping it back home, and I went to. Um, so I I went to REI, got a different. Uh, that that was the best part of my oh, nice, so nice, Look yeah, so nice. Got, uh, beautiful. Yeah, she was so excited. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Boynton, Abe, Abe in his spelling of Boynton. <laughs> You'd think he'd know by now how to spell it. He would, <laughs> yeah. No, he only has a store there for 12 years, right? <laughs> so yeah. so those, those blue bags you saw in the back, I bought those in New Orleans because the ones that I bought in um, REI in Austin just weren't cutting it. They weren't so tell me they're full of beads. Tell me you just bought beads in New Orleans. That's all that's in that bag. Oh, no, I was given beads. You should have seen oh. the shit I had to do. So, yeah. <laughs> Tom, was it a continuous ride? Like, wait, you stopped and then started the next, or, because I know sometimes when I see some of these, sometimes people start in different locations. But I guess it had to be continuous because you didn't have any way to transport yourself. Right. So, um, I did, I did go to Thrifty from El Paso when I got to El Paso because of having quad issues, the heat. And I right. did, I did. And I talked about it in one of my posts of with, with time, the winds and what I was, I, I, I needed a rest day just to get me through eight days of El Paso to Austin. So I did, I, I did Don't get my bike. I did get my bike to 90 miles an hour. Um, so mm -hmm. kind of picked back up in Austin. That's still amazing. Yeah, it's still amazing what you did. And, yeah. and it was by far the best thing that, that I could have done mm -hmm. because I did not want to leave El Paso with any regrets. That, that's, a rough, that's a rough area in West Texas. There's nothing out there. I mean, right. you're talking that is like desolate civilization out there yeah and then yeah. coming into florida was my next just the winds the winds if the winds and they were supposed to pick up pick up and i actually did rent a car in gainesville oh i and, didn't know that yeah so because i i was gonna go to gainesville rent a car one way to port st Lucie, and i was gonna set my ass in casey's pool for two days <laughs> <laughs> Casey didn't know that, but that's what I was going to do. Uh, <laughs> it, it was just because, you know, I just getting pounded by winds. I, I couldn't yeah. get faster than three miles an hour. Um, any trucks that were coming towards me, I got blown, like literally stopped in my tracks and blown off the road because of the winds they were. I mean, it was it was just frustrating. Um, but so it was a weird mental thing. And um, I remember, so I did rent a car. One of the first texts I got was a text from Alex saying, complete the fucking mission, you know? Um, so, and that kind of spun me up and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna do it. But then I started getting more texts from people. Um, I, I got an amazing text from Evan Darnell, you know, laughter, kale, this, and smothered with, you know, cucumber juice, you know, you know. <laughs> like stuff like that. And 
that powered me back up and I went right back into the wind, plowed through it. And so a lot of my route was changing because I would look at, I would look at, because I had my phone on my bike, I'd look at, I'd look at Google maps, I'd look at the highways and then I'd go to the windy app and see where things are and how can I do this? And I had another deviation because we were talking about that earlier. I was about maybe three quarters. No, I was about, yeah, about three quarters of a mile on 27 going towards Gainesville because I knew I had an end goal. I had a rental car because I was just, whether I was going to do it or not, but that was helping me get to the next step. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. So you, I, yeah. Mentally yeah. that, that just got yeah. you, got you along the way. Yeah. Absolutely. So I got, I passed. 129 which goes straight south to ocala my route originally was going to go through gainesville to ocala and 27 south is not south it was it was straight east east and i was just getting hammered left and right you know every morning i'm getting hammered right out the gate you know um so i turned around and went to that 129 and i'm just sitting there going just and I started going and I had amazing tailwind on 129 because I was going south. So even a mile down, everything changed in, in, in my mental state. And I was going and I was going. I, I went to Thrifty. I canceled my rental car. I sent a text to Joe Diaz because I was going to meet up with him in Gainesville and said, sorry, man, I, I changed my route. I'm, I'm flying right now. And... I'm going straight to Ocala. And then ever since then, everything just just carried on. I was about four days behind at that point, but I was back to 100% high spirits, you know. So I, I really only had two days of just negativity in the whole time, you know. That's great. So, well, listen, uh, we, have to, we have to take a break. I want to we'll, – we'll come back and we'll finish with Tom because I want to get his, like, final thoughts and if – Fred or Coop? I know Coop had a whole list of questions, so we'll we got to a lot. We got to a lot on them, but I have a few more. Okay, yeah. yep. we'll get one or two of those out of there. Uh, Tom, stay put, guys. Uh, we are going to be right back after this short break, so don't go anywhere. Maybe uh, grab another cigar if you need, and got, keep it lit. I gotta go Phenomenal. 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 My name is Rafael Nodel from Aging Room and Tabacalera USA. Since I was a little kid, I fell in love with a musical form called Sonata. There are many famous sonatas from fantastic composers and musicians like Beethoven, Liszt, Rasmaninov, Mozart, and I wanted to have my own sonata. So I dedicated my sonata to Nicaragua, but I didn't write my sonata with musical terms. I composed my sonata with tobacco leaves. I teamed up with my great friend and tobacco master, A.J. Fernandez, and together, together we created these blends. This cigar has subtle notes. It's not aggressive. It has some great flavor, some character, and amazing aroma. So 
So I dedicated my sonata to Nicaragua, the land of volcanoes and lakes. Cheers. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. I'm Steve here with the Goat to tell you about Smokin's Cigar of the Month Club. Alex, tell our fans out there why our club is the best. I'm Steve here with the Goat to tell you about Smokin's Cigar of the Month Club. Alex, Tell our fans out there why our club is the best darn club out there. Absolutely. I'll tell you why. Because every month I personally handpick five premium cigars. No filler, no fluff, no fugazis. These are all premium handmade name brands that you can find in any brick and mortar store in your area. All delivered to your door for $34.95. And our average monthly retail value since the inception of our club has been almost $57. Another great feature about the Cigar of the Month Club, Alex, tell them about the ease of our Cigar of the Month Club. Sure. I'll tell you, I hate subscription services. It's always a pain to cancel them, turn you know, turning them on. We've made it super simple. All you gotta do is log into your account. There's a little green button there. If it's green, you're active. You wanna take a break, you're going out of town, simply hit the button and you'll deactivate your membership. Wanna turn it back on? The exact same easy process, you can turn it right back on. We've made it that easy for you. Another great feature is our Double Down Club. Alex, tell them about the Double Down Club. We had so many of our members reach out to us, really enjoyed our selections every month, that they wanted to know there was a way they can get two. And we've made that very simple. With a simple check mark, you can get double this great selections every month and save $10. Does our club have perks? Of course it has perks. You want to tell them about the perks? As a member of our club, every month there's a special discount code where if you like any of the selections, we will offer them to you so you want to come and get some more. You can get them at a special discounted rate for our Cigar of the Month Club members. And finally, expedited shipping. Tell them how fast we get the stuff out, Alex. We get the stuff out on the 28th of every month. Our membership bills on the 28th, and we get every member's package out on the 28th if it's a shipping day. Five great reasons on what makes Smoking Cigar of the Month Club the best club out there. Check it out. Peace. I, uh, I really appreciate you doing the video with me. Thanks. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, you didn't let me get a word in, but whatever. What? Uh, well, great. It's perfect.
and welcome back to KMA Talk Radio, the hostile takeover. Uh, our man Coop and our special guest Fred Rui and uh, guest host. I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we were chatting with uh, Tom Pauser. Listen, my AirPod, my other AirPod, died while that Cigar of the Month Club video was was running. And it paused the video, but there's no way to unpause it, so I had to restart it. So I see all the comments, everybody saying good, good work, Paul. But well, why are you using AirPods? That's my hand. question. Why are you using you had, AirPods? You had one, you had one job, Paul. I got a big deal this year. I mean, you know, you got all week to prepare for this. <laughs> Actually, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> I did. It was a busy day yesterday. Well, we we didn't know that that Alex wasn't going to be on actually until yesterday. And Abe, we, we knew this was a planned outage uh, yeah. for Abe. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're we're doing pretty good. I'm still I'm fascinated with our special guest, uh, Tom Pauser. Yeah, it's, it's a great story here. I'm inspired. Um, I'm, I'm eating peanut M&Ms now instead of regular M&Ms. That's just how much I feel very inspired by this whole thing. Fred, was, you used to be into like some kind of extreme sports back in the day, weren't you? Like didn't. Didn't we talk about this year, like years ago, like the first time I met you? I feel like you used to. Were you into skydiving or something like that? No, my wife skydived. I, I like flying okay. stunt planes, but that's not like that's not as physical as like I'm, right. I've done nothing like this. I mean, you know, I played air hockey. I'm pretty good at that, but I mean, you know, I don't. Yeah, no, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. You've on top. invented a bike, haven't? Don't don't you? Haven't you invented a new type of bicycle? No, I invested in a bike that uh, didn't work out real well. It has some flaws. So uh, thanks for bringing that up, though. I feel really, I feel really good about that. <laughs> I just uh, assume we were still waiting for it. it. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, that was not one you could, you could pedal, but it was also electric. So I mean, it really had. Uh, Tom actually saw a picture of it because uh, he was yeah, when we were down there. I'm like, hey, I'm working on this e-bike, and. Yeah, everybody. He was actually very graceful because usually everybody that's like a real bicycle is just like, oh yeah, e-bikes. And I showed him a picture, and he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool because it was hubless. Uh, it just has some flaws. It has some. It has some. It has some flaws on there. But Chris Daniels, I will definitely take you down in uh, in air hockey. We will. We will definitely have to do that. No problem. <laughs> I don't lose. I, do, I don't. Lose. I, real quick, I I, I do want to do a huge shout out to, I think all of you, all of the socialites, everybody that 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 helped supported followed me um the alaskan outpost t-shirts the espinoza alaskan outpost cigars um the cigars for warriors all the donations um scandinavia general forged chiming in you know matching the thousand cigars um you know uh, i had a lot of people that asked me why are you doing this? Like what organization are, are, are you writing for, you know, cancer treatment for this or autism? And I'm like, you know, you know, as a fitness instructor, I'm doing it for cigars, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and it's like, um, you know, why cigars? And it's like, well, you know, knowing me and knowing my new love for cigars over the last four years, um, it's it. And being retired Coast Guard and still in the Coast Guard as a civilian, and the troops and learning about guards for gunners and learning about cigars for warriors. And as a, and a, as a huge introvert, not liking people, what this has done for me, meeting all of you, my new family, being able to sit down and have an amazing conversation about nothing with a cigar, knowing that there's troops out there 
that just need a break at the end of the day. You know, knowing that they could actually get a free cigar and sit down and have team building with their brothers and sisters and be able to talk about the day and talk about nothing and just kind of veg out, you know, that is why I chose Cigar for Warriors, Gars for Gunners, and wanted to see where this would go. I didn't know it would it would be as popular as it was, let's say. Um, so, yes, I wanted to ride across the country, but I also wanted to, to, to have a better cause to, to do it. And at every every morning, like Kent was, I mean, uh, um, Coop was asking me earlier, I just saw Kent's name pop up. So with Coop asking me earlier of how my day, how would I prepare for it? What was I mentally at the end of the day? It was basically going through my route, doing this, and it was every single day. I had one full rest day in New Orleans, um, just vegged out. Um, Michelle and I would go there a lot, stayed in our same hotel, stayed in the same hotel room, going through the motions, looking at things, eating at the places we eat at. So that was my one full entire rest day. Yeah, you guys love that city, right? Yeah. And so, um, and it was different this time because I'm 887 days into not drinking. So it was the first time me being in New Orleans without her and having alcohol all around me, which, you know, it, 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 it didn't phase me. You know, I had little twinges here and there because it's all around me. But, yeah. but actually seeing New Orleans in a different mindset than I've ever seen it before. Um, so, but it was every day. It was sun up to as far as I can go, knowing when the sun is going to come down and how much farther can I go the next community. You know, some days I was getting done at two o'clock in the afternoon because I had 50 miles to the next community, knowing that it's going to get dark in four hours. I wasn't going to chance it. Um, I didn't want to be stuck in the desert, stuck somewhere, riding in the dark. Um, yeah. So some days I went up until sunset because I could, mm -hmm. you know. You, you were talking about that, that headwind that you were going into. I mean, normally the prevailing winds go west to east, and you, you, when you take an airplane ride, for example, it pushes you faster. But So was this something that was a big surprise that these winds were hitting you like this a good chunk of this way? You know, it was because I was going to meet up with Cameron Cheen in Phoenix. Um, there was a little town. I stopped at a bike shop to get extra inner tubes. Um, Wickenburg, Arizona. And he was actually flying from Phoenix to Wickenburg. So I was going to meet up with him there. And I was, I had incredible headwinds down there. And he was flying back and forth between Phoenix and Wickenburg. And he was like, it's not bad up here. They're westerly, blah, blah, blah. Right, but right. for some reason, down at, at ground level, they were headwinds. So it was, it was bizarre that how 1,000, 2,000 feet up, they were actually great westerly prevailing winds, but for but some reason, the ground, yeah, down yeah, low. Again, that's a that's a pro plane argument. If we're if we're keeping a, a running chart going here, yeah, it was kicking my ass. So <laughs> so, and I've heard from other cyclists that have done west to east that had amazing tailwinds for a majority of their ride. So so, my thought going into this was. You know, I'm going to do this in 30 days, no problem. It it just didn't. It it it, it was what it was. It's part of the journey. You know, I, I went into it knowing that there's going to be hiccups. 
I, I didn't think 85% of the time I was going to have headwinds. Of course not. Um, you obviously so. have the right attitude for it, though. I mean, to, yeah. to, to go in knowing that it's not all going to be perfect and to make what is a significant adjustment, because, you know, if you think you're digging to 30 days, you end up 37 days, you got an entire week. So it's a fifth longer than you planned on. I mean, to mentally prepare for that and yeah. prepare for what you don't know what to prepare for. It's pretty impressive. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, I met up in California with a, with a group, the same organization, the adventure cycling association doing an assisted ride. So there's 14 of them. There's a van, there's a trailer carrying all their stuff and they're just on their bikes. Um, they're still in Louisiana right now. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, and they're doing a 60 day ride. They're doing 30 miles here, 40 miles there. But I met up with them in California and they thought, Hey, I was nuts. Cause I was not wearing cycling shoes like everybody was. Um, and B they, they right off, right out of the gate. You're never going to do it in less than 40 days, you know? So, I mean, it's like, Hey, don't rain on my parade. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bike. You know, I, right. I'm, I'm carrying all my stuff with me. You guys have nothing. So I'm, I, I chucked it aside. I'm going to do 100% the best I could, you know, and whatever punches came to me, I'm, I'm going to deal with it, you know, and I'm going to readjust and I'm going to figure stuff out along the way because you can plan and prepare and have everything set to go for your first cross country ride and you learn along the way. You know, I don't need this. I don't need this. That's a waste that I need. This I need this. I need. And you start learning. So probably around New Mexico was when I had it all together, you know, which was maybe 10 days in. So I, I, I had it. This is what I need, you know, so the next time I do it and there's going to be a next time. So, yeah, my question on that now. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah, there's the northern route you think you want to do next time? There's the northern tier from Portland to Portland. Okay. And then then there's the the the, the Trans America ride which goes from Santa right. Santa Monica to Yorktown, Virginia. Gotcha. So um, uh, Paul, welcome to the show. No, welcome nice back Paul. Okay, special yeah. guest Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I, te I texted you guys. No, you did. Yeah, you're such did. consummate professionals. You don't look at your phones. Right. No, we both responded. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah we did. Oh, we, see, did. See, we did. We did. No. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I believe you left right after Coop insulted you about your AirPod thing or whatever. Which, by the <laughs> way, Coop, we all don't want to look. We, we're, we have egos. I don't want to have the air traffic controller look. And I this is hey, SLR microphones. I, I, you know, I, I like, I'm vain enough that I literally had custom done AirPods that are black. Like <laughs> Apple, like made them in black. So I mean, that's that's how they. I don't even want the white sticks. They made me black ones. So yeah. Wow, that's yeah. fancy. Yeah, yeah, that's just that. Yeah, I, I, I can't stand looking at yeah. the stick. Anyway, that's when Paul disappeared when you made yeah. fun of his, his you know, technical uh, glitch. <laughs> Tom, the eight you went through eight states. I think I counted, right? Yeah. So, what was the toughest state? Every single state had a tough part. Every single state was amazing. Um, 
the toughest was coming into Alabama leading up to Mobile. Wow. Okay. And I'm going to say tough because um, it was the people. It was the people. You know, I, you know, throughout the, the entire course, I'm going to say course. I've been cold rolled. I've been yelled at. You know, things like that. But by far, probably the rudest people. I've had shit thrown at me. Not literally, but like like drinks thrown at me. I had really. People with little balls and their 6,000 pound cars wanted to let me know that they were superior to me. And this was literally in that section, it was Alabama. So huh. I stayed wow. the night in Mobile, right in downtown. And so I was kind of dreading, you know, I, I was, I was ready to go, but I'm like, I just need to get through Alabama, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so if, if, if anyone's been to Mobile, you know, downtown I-10 and yep. there's another another road that goes underneath i guess the mobile river or whatever it is yep. yeah tunnel. Uh, yeah so bikes and pedestrians are prohibited um and so i'm looking at the alternate route is like another 15 miles up and around to come down which 15 miles is like an hour and a half on a bike um so the sun just came up i left the hotel i was staying at the hampton right right there's that first tunnel and I'm just sitting there looking, I'm looking at the sign and I'm like, I waited for two cars to go through the tunnel and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I bolted through the tunnel and made it down. I'm doing 30 miles an hour. And it's deceiving when you're in those tunnels on a bike because they come back up. You don't see the incline, the five, six, 7% incline, you know, and I was passed by a car coming out. And I made it out, and all of a sudden, right away, there's a bike lane. There's a sign that says "Share the road," and I'm like, "The hell? Where did they the come whole, from?" <laughs> the, whole, the whole rest of Alabama was phenomenal. It was amazing going into Mississippi, and it was like, "This is fantastic," you know. So that was probably the the probably the hardest part, that little section, you know, going through the mountains, uh, it didn't phase me, um, going up the mountains. It was hard on those little small highways that had no shoulders. Um, just a guardrail, no shoulders, you know, trucks going by, you know, a, a lot of people were very respective, you know, they would slow down, they'd wait for other cars and go around me. So it was, it was fantastic. You know, you'd have, you'd have your coal rollers and people that just want to be cool. Um, was never 100% coal rolled because they caught me at the last moment. You know, I'm doing 20, they're doing 70 and I could hear the downshift and I'm just like, and then, and they, and they screwed up and I'm like, ha next time. Um, mm. but yeah, I mean, 100% of the ride was, was just another amazing day. How, how much how, how much did you sleep a day it was weird because so, somehow i had my alarm set for 523 523 every single day so i would be asleep by eight nine o'clock at night um <laughs> yeah i mean seven hours that's a, because you hear about these these guys these ultra marathon guys who go with no sleep who do this like i mean it's just 
which which that's a they just train their bodies not to sleep sometimes which i yeah. guess is I mean, crazy i mean i did i mean i i had a ritual yeah. every single morning i did the same thing i biked and i never took I, I never sat there for like an hour to rest during the day i would stand for maybe five minutes i'd get off the bike i'd walk around for like two three minutes i'd eat and back on the bike and i wouldn't stop fully until i got to somewhere i'd get off the bike i'd get wow. checked in i'd go out walk around for about two three miles just to do something different and then you know it's dark there's really nothing to do i'd eat well i'd, I'd get all my bike prepared and I would just lay there in bed and just kind of get everything set up for the next day. Did you um, do, you have a normal workout routine, obviously you're a fitness instructor and, and you guys, you and Michelle are pretty, pretty hardcore into, into working time out. out. Time out. There is nothing about their routine that's normal. So let's just, let's just, <laughs> I mean, these are insane workouts. So let's just start with that. So, but, but like, so obviously you're working out all day riding the bike. Did you like wake up and do yoga and stuff like that or do like a normal routine for you? Like w was that part of it or no? You just, you know, forego, uh, you know, got rid of that because you were going to be working out for 10 hours. No, I mean, when you're sitting on a bike to me, that's not that's not doing a hit workout. It's it's I'm biking. Right. To me, it turned it, to me, it turned into normalcy. Um, so I was excited every morning to get riding. So um, I would stretch in the morning. I would do typical, um, dynamic stretches just to get my body moving mm -hmm. at the end of, at the end of the day, I would do some like yoga type stretches just to stretch my legs, stretch things. Um, what was weird, I didn't do weights the entire time. So I, I haven't done a weight resistance type workout since the day before I left home. So, so you, you basically just went over a month without even working out. That's what you're telling us right now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that's what I'm hearing here. I mean, Michelle, pictures of her working her butt off every day, but you were just out riding a bike. Just, you know, okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Like Peter Herman just riding his bike. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, my, my, my quads are hell of quads and calves are like, they, they got a hell of a workout, you know, I bet. <laughs> I mean, look, you have to, I mean, you, you just did something that one, most people will never even attempt to do, let alone if they attempt to pull it off. And most of us, you know, here like today, I mean, we're exhausted from watching you. Oh man, I, mean, I need a nap. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I, I was watching a lot of reviews, a lot of other people that have done these cross country routes and, and you'd be surprised of the different types of bodies going into this. Like I've seen people that, you know, mentally, physically, they haven't worked out in let's say years. They did some training leading up to it, like a little bike riding here and there. But what I always read was you, you get your, your cycling legs between three to five days into a trip. So, um, you know, I never trained in mountains, even though I live in Alaska. You know, I, 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 all of the leg work leading to mountains, knowing I was going to do mountains was on an indoor bike, doing a lot of hills, heavy resistance. You know, that's what I did. I didn't pack the bike up and go up Eagle Crest, which is a, a ski resort up in Juneau, you know, which is a windy going up from, from sea level to 2000 feet. You know, I never did that. So I was a little concerned 
even though all the stuff that I've done, all the weight training I've done, um, a lot of the hit workouts I've done, the indoor cycling, I myself was concerned, but I've been doing that for 10 years. So I was still concerned and I was surprised mm -hmm. just how, for me, it just, it, it's going to sound, I'm not going to say pretentious, but it was easier than I thought it was going to be for me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't prepared for the heat and the severity of the heat because I love heat. Like I said, I freeze when it's 75 degrees or 80 degrees. It's just how my body is. But when you have 110 degrees, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and the sun is hitting black asphalt, you have temperatures 130, 140 degrees. That's what was I was not prepared for, yeah. you know? And that was every day. Like I said, I never saw clouds until that one afternoon rolling into this town in Texas. And then that was for three hours. And I woke up to rain here in Boynton this morning and it was raining. And it was like, I have really not seen rain since I left Juno. You know, when you think about it. So wow. when you, when you think about your entire trip, your entire experience, I want to, I want to close out with, cause you might listen, you may be inspiring some people to, to do either a similar type of trip or do something, but like, do you have any? Do you have anything that maybe a message that you can take away from your entire experience, th this this experience, something that you've learned either about riding itself or doing a trip like this or just about life in general? Because you had a hell of a lot of time to think without playing music in your ears that whole time. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, it's it's a uh, anything you put your mind to, just do it. You know, because it, the more you think about doing it and you keep putting it off, it, it's never going to happen, mm -hmm. you know, um, from the smallest thing, you know, if you do want to get into fit, fitness, if you want to get to that healthier lifestyle, you know, you just, you, you set your mind to it and you just do it, you know, and you keep with it. You, 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 you keep thinking about your future self, you know, where am I at today? What can I do to change myself today? Because I do want to be here in five years. I do want to be here in 10 years, you know, it, it's, it's changing your mindset to keep telling yourself that, yes, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And, you know, when you keep doing that and you start getting into that mental state, that mental lifestyle, let's say, you know, you're not, you're not losing stuff. You're, you're gaining stuff, mm -hmm. you know, you know, to me, I guess the hardest part was just being selfish. You know, what I was doing, I was putting myself into harm's way every day. That was the hardest part. You know, the, the, the best part of this entire ride was I was a block and a half from, from the Boynton shop and I saw Michelle standing at the corner. That was 100% the best time of this entire ride, you know, um, for me because of what I left, but I knew I was going to do it, but all those unknowns along the way. So. So if anyone's thinking about, you know, opening a, an LLC or doing this or whatever, and you keep putting things off, it's never going to happen. If you keep saying, I'm going to do it on Monday, Monday's going to come and go. You know, I've, I've had hundreds of Mondays that I've just let go because I, did, I didn't wake up on a Wednesday and just go, damn it, I'm going to do it. 
one day I did wake up on a Wednesday and said, I'm doing it because I, I didn't prepare for it. I didn't plan for it. You know, you can have all this stuff planned on the outside, regroup, put all that stuff together and don't have that, that date of when you're going to do it. You just do it. And then once you do it and then you start doing it the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day, whether it's fitness, you're going to be sore the next day. Fuck it. Yes. Your body, you, you're just killing your body. Whether you're just haven't walked in a year or did a flight of stairs in a year, you're going to be sore. You do it the next day and you do it the next day because by day 20, you're going to sit there and say, this shit doesn't get any easier. Of course not, because you're now pushing yourself harder than you did on day one. I think it helped that you set those little goals too. the people that I know that have done trips like this. Those little goals are what really when I used to run every day, which is years ago now, but I would set like in my mind, I'd be like, all right, I got to get to this spot and then worry about the rest from there. And then I, I had little tent poles that I would that I would have to hit when I was really pushing myself. And that it seems like that's how you did it. And that's really how you got by. You know, I just yeah. got to get through mobile. You know, that's what I'm worried about right now. Exactly, because at the end of the day, I knew I can get on a plane to go from San Diego to Fort Lauderdale. Boom. I just knew I needed to get to Fort Lauderdale. I knew this was going to be my first stop. You regroup, you find your next stop. Every single mile, something changes, you know. And, you know, and when you're on a bike doing 10 miles an hour, it takes it takes a while. But you enjoy that journey, that adventure, because in six miles, you're going to see something that's really fucking cool. You know, so you keep going. Then you see something cool again. You may hit a roadblock. But you look at that roadblock and you get through that roadblock. And by the time you get through that roadblock, you're like, damn, I just did that. Yeah. And then you keep going because I hit some shitty roads. I hit some shitty places and hard areas. No, no shoulder here. When you're in the desert, there's cracks in the road. It's just constantly, you know, and you get through it, whether it's a mile or two miles, or five miles. And then you're on this really smooth road and you're like, dude, I just did that. You know, I just went up that mountain. I almost fell on that cactus, you know, you know, you know, and I tell you what, and you probably saw it in one of my posts. Um, when you're in a car and you see roadkill, you know how that smell kind of lingers for like 10, 15 seconds. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on a bike, that smell lasts forever. <laughs> <laughs> forever. I'm going to lay that out. <laughs> um, but I did see some cool stuff. I saw some amazing things. Saw some incredible bridges. You know, seeing the transition from San Diego to desert to Texas to the Gulf to refineries to this. I mean, I had palm trees from the start to the finish. Um, getting to the beaches, getting to see this, you know, it was just this transition because I wanted to see the next best thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's those little goals and you, and you, you work through them. You, you change your mindset and I'm just babbling. So no, not at all. I mean, no, you, you should be, you should be proud, man. Absolutely. I, I I'm proud of you. You know, I'm, I'm I feel honored yeah. to have you on the show today and, and talk to us about this. Um, it's a it's a really cool feat, man. Yeah. It really is. 
We yeah. want to thank you for coming on today, Tom. I mean, it's not like we're saying goodbye to you. How long are you guys at the mothership for? Are you there next week? No, we are leaving tomorrow morning. Uh, okay. 5 a.m. We're headed back. Um, uh, and then you'll be back for the Great Smoke. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to be here extended time because Michelle's birthday is March 1st. So we're going to leave March 3rd. So we're going to stay through her birthday. Um, I, d- I do want to hype up um, a little party we had last night. So it was Moxie's 60th birthday. It was fantastic. This place was rocking. It was amazing. Um, Jeffrey Amendola was here. Chris Monica was here. They were rolling cigars. Um, phenomenal cigars. Um, um, uh, Kevin was here from Rockefeller. It was great to see him. People f- flew down. Uh, Anti Goat was here. You know, the, the, the place was <laughs> just rocking. Yeah, he surprised us and showed up. Um, so, but I wanted to hype up Moxie's 60th birthday that's coming up. Um, had the party last night. It was great. Um, um, but, but yeah, um, I'm ready to get home. Um, I'm ready for the cold weather. It's 38 degrees in Juneau. Um, I, I'm just ready to see our kids, you know, dude and cork, the chihuahua and the cat. Yeah, um, dude. And dude, get is, back dude is my my chihuahua's cousin i always tell michelle <laughs> yeah. um but from start to finish it's been phenomenal I, I i highly recommend anyone that wants to do something everyone says start small you know if you want to get into cycling you know i know people love e-bikes i'm against e-bikes i'm against electric cars all that stuff but that's just me um but start small you know start riding, get out there. I mean, I've been, I've been doing it my entire life. So, um, it's, it's a great way to get out. It's a great way to see things at a slope. Um, and if you ever want to do anyone ever wants to do a long distance, um, start small, you know, I, 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 I chose not to start small. I, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this, you know? Um, and I just, I just did it. It was a talk I had with Abe last year. He he pushed me into doing it. I've been wanting to do it my entire life. And, you know, he forced, he literally forced me to give me, to give him a date. He forced and, his hand. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, October. And then I was like, I was like, fuck, what did I just do? Uh, um, but, but yeah, and, and I did it. So, and um, I want to thank everybody, everybody that's out there. All the support, all the encouragement, um, all the donations, all the all, all the camaraderie, the fun, the smoking socialite, the family, the every single person that's out there that has that has been able to grace our lives. You know, you guys are all phenomenal. So, well, thank you, Tom. It, it's thank awesome you. to uh, to hear your story and. Can't wait to see pictures when you finally return uh, return back to Alaska. Make sure to to post those for us. I'm going to post them, and I'm going to post all 37 days. And in, 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 if anyone wants to watch it, once I get it, I'm going to find a place to put it. I'll probably put it on YouTube because it's an hour and 20 minutes long. But it's every single. You, ride you're compiling all- your your date, like the videos that you were playing daily, like the, those those little. I'm, I'm going to have packages. one long hour and 20 oh, minute yeah. things. Anyone wants to see all of them at once, just yeah, that'll just be grab, awesome. That'd be cool. Grab a cigar, put it on the big screen, and just you can watch them all. 
Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy cool. enjoy the rest of the day with everybody at the mothership, and and uh, give Michelle a hug for us. And we'll talk to you soon, Tom. Right on. Thanks. Thank you. All right. right. Thanks, man. Wow. What a story. I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing it, but I'm I'm proud of him. All right. Cooper, Fred. Cooper, you ready for your little uh, moment to shine here? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. It's time for the scoop with Coop. What's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coop, what's in the news, my man? Well, you know, we're in this now shipping season with a lot of cigars, but there was a couple of really high-profile things that that are either getting ready to ship or have shipped or are being sold. So let's start off with... Uh, the news that came out yesterday, Perdomo Cigars announced that uh, they are going to be shipping the Perdomo 30th anniversary this month, November. The plan is to have the cigars on the retail shelves later this month in time for Thanksgiving. So oh, this, okay. was, this was one of the probably it was probably the most high profile release at the show this year. Um, it, the 30th anniversary has gotten a lot of attention. So there's going to be three blends, the Connecticut sun grown and Maduro right now. So, you know, you, like I said, they'll be in five sizes each. And, uh, you know, the, the price points I think were very, very reasonable, 12 to $14 too. Um, I have not tried the cigars yet, but I am in possession of the cigars. So, uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that and trying those as well. Wow. 30 years, man. Yeah, I mean, actually, the anniversary was actually last year, but they had a lot of delays with the packaging, like a lot of companies have. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, but they wanted to get the packaging right, and they got it right, and now it's, it's shipping. Uh, there, it is, there is a limited list of retailers, um, but I do know Smoke In is, is listed on those retailers, so folks should be able to Great. find them to Smoke In. But if not, check out the Perdomo website. They have a list of every retailer by state. Great. And I see what your next story is. Yep. So uh, <laughs> so on Halloween, uh, the Tatuai Anarchy NFT cigars went on sale. So um, these are the actual cigars themselves. That um, You know, I think there was a lot of hoopla about who got the NFT, the swag that went with the NFT. But now the Anarchy cigars are on the shelves at various retailers um, as well. Um and um, they, I, it looks like these are going to be priced. Like what I'm seeing is around the hundred dollar uh, mark for each of these right now. So um, it is a pretty. It is it, like I said. I think it's probably the most sought after store exclusive ever made. Uh, and this was a, a huge hit. Um, so uh, and there's a pretty cool program that they've done. Like if you buy a box of these, uh, what I real what I really think is cool is you get uh, they give you a special challenge coin. Um, they're going to give you, uh, access to like a private Facebook group. There's going to be invitations to an annual special event, access to other limited things through Tatuai. So, so yeah, they are a little more expensive, but they're, they're I think they're doing a lot of good things with perks around it. So if you're going to make that kind of investment in a full box, you're, you're going to get some benefits there. So, um, I think talk to your retailers who are selling, talk to the retailers who are selling those. I'm sure they can give you more details, you know, as far as that goes. I know Tom and Michelle bought a box. She, uh, she posted as soon as she bought it, that she got it. I still got, I still got some of the uh, 2015s actually left. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm like okay. For, well, I'm okay for now. Is what I'm just telling everybody. So. Uh, Fred, but, as, yeah. a, as a as a former manufacturer, now obviously working uh, with Dion, do you squirrel away cigars? Like, do you find cigars that you've had for like years? And I years do, and years? I do. Um, I think some of it's more at this point um, either accidental because I've got several towers, so I forget something's in there. I used to squirrel yeah. away a lot more. Uh, and then when, uh, uh, Abo had passed away and we were, we were good friends. Um, I started not squirreling as much. I'm like, you know what? I, I need, I need to smoke some of these, but I will admit that there are cigars that I, that I squirrel away that I'm just, uh, you know, I don't know what day I'm waiting for. Just someday I'll go up and I'll go ahead and smoke them. But I probably have a, a, an inordinate number squirreled away that I probably shouldn't. Uh, and they're usually the ones that I know that just for whatever reason, they can't make that cigar again or won't make that cigar again. Uh, you know, I enjoyed them. So, but I usually typically, uh, I won't squirrel away a whole box. Uh, I'll have like a hand, you know, I'll have like, you know, four or five or six, maybe. Okay. Like, you take like a couple sticks and, yeah. and okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't squirrel away large numbers of anything. Yeah. By the way, there's not a lot of these Tatawahe boxes per retailer. There's, there's only like 15, right? Yeah. Per retailer. That's exactly what it is. It's 15. It is 15. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're going to have them periodically, but, um, yeah, they're not like mass produced. Keep in mind. So, yeah. and there's only, seven nft holders who were selling them at least right. well i think there may be a few more you know but but for the most part like i said there's only 105 boxes per run of these things and what are they re- they're they're released quarterly i think yeah yeah so yep there's, there's not gonna be a ton of them around no no what else you got coop uh, if you are a Crown Heads fan, uh, they have a, yet another Mil Diaz limited edition cigar coming out. So uh, they they really Mil Diaz over the last few years, I think, has become one of the most successful Crown Heads lines. And uh, this time they are releasing a Bellicosos Finos size, which is a five and a half by fifty two Bellicoso. Um off the Mil Diaz blend. It's, it's off the original Mil Diaz blend. There's a couple of offshoots of that. Uh, that is going to be a limited run of 1,512 count boxes. And uh, pricing will be set at $12.95. And you should expect to see those sometime this month. So I love the Bellicosos Fino size, by the way. I think when they did it with Le Carême, it's, it's a great, great size for a cigar at 5.5 by 52 Bellicoso. So uh, I'm sure people are going to be seeking that one out. I quick got that one from Coop. I don't think that? I had that story, that picture. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. No problem. So uh, I smoked it. I, I, I like that blend and I like that size. It's a great size. I mean, I love that. When they did Le Carême in that a couple of years ago, it, that Bellicosa's Phoenix is amazing. It's yeah. just, uh, you get the tapering in that. So I'm sure it's really good in the Mel Diaz blend as well. I ha- I haven't smoked one of these. Yeah. I'm such a I'm such a creature of habit. Like I I always go back to the same things because I know I like them, and I you know I don't smoke in my house, and with the kids, like if I get an hour and a half or two hours to smoke a cigar, I want to smoke something that I like know what. Like last night, a couple of the dads and I met up on the golf carts down by the lake here, and we all brought cigars, and uh, you know I went to an old standard that I smoke. You know, yeah, I mean, 90% of the time. 80% of your time's at Disney, so they don't, you know, they don't let you smoke there. So. Yeah. And that cigar bar closed in uh, Disney Springs now. Sosa. So, yeah, they closed yeah, last Sosa year. Sosa closed. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but you got Corona there. <laughs> you got Corona there, Paul. I mean, that's. I know, but, and I, and I, Tanya, listen, I love them. And Tanya always says, come and visit, come and visit. It's just, 
when you're in Disney, leaving the property is so sacrilege. It's just that, do I have to leave the property? I, yes. You leave Disney property and yes. you get nervous. Where yeah. am I? Yeah. You, you leave the property. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what <laughs> yeah. you do. Yep. All right. All right. Go ahead, Coop. All right. Next thing. I, this this is I'm gonna put this. I really didn't understand this story, but okay. So Steve, did you Saga, read the press release? There was not a press you, release. It was a, it, well, there was there was a press release for this. Yes. Okay, but, but it was, but it was a weird press release to me. Like I'm like, I'll tell you why, why I didn't understand it. Okay, so Polpetta, which was an event only cigar, it was announced it was gonna be a national release. This is from Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust, by the way. Uh, Polpetta, which is a a, uh, a mixed filler event cigar, it's becoming a national release. That that was announced at the trade show. Uh, Steve Saka puts out a press release this week saying he's delaying the national release till January 2024. I never heard a committed time for this release is why I'm just going with this. I mean, I think I said later this year, it was kind of, you know, I don't know. To me, it just didn't seem like there was this awesome big delay on this thing. Unless I missed this completely and Steve could, I'm sure will correct me on it. But I I don't remember ever saying it was going to be like a November release or an October release of this thing. But nonetheless, uh, if you want a Pulpetta, you're going to have to wait till January 2024. Uh, incidentally, it's going to be uh, um, one size, a 4x48. And they make that cigar uh, at the Noxa factory with kind of um, some of the um, trimmings, the leftover tobaccos uh, off the Mikarita, the Umagogs, and the Red Meat Lovers. So it's kind of a... Uh, Mixed film and um, Steve has always done what it is a decent for a mixed film cigar. It's a very decent cigar, by the way. So, um, definitely, I have a couple of them here from one of his events that I've never smoked. Yeah, yep. But uh, I just liked I liked the press release. It's just like, this is not because of this, not because of that, not this is how we feel. (laughs) Is the right thing, yeah. And finally, I don't. This last story, I don't have a picture, right? This is this, this is our STG release of the week, okay? But I, I don't. Yeah, under, yeah. This is I'm going to put this. I don't understand this either. There's a new Room 101 Namakubi that was uh, that just arrived at retailers. Um, it um, and Namakubi is one of the more high profile um, cigars from Matt Boots. It's really the one that built his brand initially. It was Namakubi. Um, a couple years ago, he brought it back as a limited edition. And now the 2023 edition has shipped, and it's a completely new blend. But like they, it was basically just starting it quietly alive at retail shelves, which I'm, I was a little surprised about because this week they also put out a press release for a punch cigar sampler, which I get. But to me, Room 101 Namakubi is is probably the most high profile cigar Matt's done. So I would think you know just very little fanfare with that one came out this week. Mm-hmm. But um, I think yeah, he so, sent out something about it to his email list, but I didn't see any like in like regular press. No, well, you know the the, the one of the biggest sources for news I have is the retail community, and when the retail community doesn't see something on a coupe or a half wheel, they contact me and they mm-hmm. say, "Hey, we got this cigar in," or you know, right. and so I got all the information from a couple of retailers the, the, uh, last weekend. So and they never really announced it. So. But yeah, re- retailers are are becoming actually compared to some manufacturers a more reliable source for news. I actually think I have a picture of it, but I have I'm converting it because of course. Yeah, I didn't have access to a like an authorized picture, so I didn't want to steal some retailers one or anything. Yeah, but, well, well, yeah, it's a retailer we know, so I'll steal it. Okay, I'm sure you know that. Yeah, that's oh, it. so so yeah, and I have a bonus story, Paul. 
Oh, that's right. You did. You did mention it briefly. I don't have a All picture right. for it, so, but I can get one. Okay. Go ahead. So, George Padron was on. Uh, I'll say it, the Cigar Authority show a few weeks ago, and he said that the Fuente Padron is shipping in November. I just caught the replay of that. Now the rumor is, and I, you know I don't really operate in rumors, but conspiracy theory, let's say, is that, <laughs> yeah. that George and Carlito are at the Big Smoke this weekend, and something may get announced. So we're literally running the banner right now that says "rumor free, teaser free." <laughs> well, that's why. Okay, but I mean, like it's, it's a conspiracy theory. That's why because. It, it's. I think people are kind of spe- you know because George did make that statement. So this is big because this is going to settle the major the major bet with Abe and I. Abe. I do believe if this doesn't happen this month, I lose the bet. There's there, there's no. This is my final chance to win the bet with Abe. Is it? And then and if it, folks don't know, we have the signed five dollar bill or whatever bet that says um, Puente Padron was not going to release it here. So this is. I, I would say this wow. is my final opportunity. To win it, if if well, you still get December though too, right? Yeah, but I don't think they'll. Yeah, but I'm my at this point, I don't know if they'll do like maybe they will in December. But this is like like the the stars are like George says it. There's this Carlito and George are going to be together. They're look, they're going to give this story to aficionado before anybody else, right? So I mean, they they have a long term relationship with it. So if it's not, my feeling is if it's not announced this weekend. This is the opportunity to announce it this weekend, is what I'm saying. I think if they were going to announce it this weekend, they would have announced it last night. Um, you already had one night. You've already had, had one, already but had I thought today night. is the seminar thing, and that's when. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's not today, it's done. It's done. It's, I, I would be surprised if they just let the whole weekend go and not give aficionado an opportunity to report this. Do you think that George said something he wasn't supposed to say? Um. Dave, I, like I said, I watched this three or four times. He just sounded confident saying it was, it was shipping this in November. Yeah. So, it didn't, yeah. you know, I mean, he, who else? Unless he didn't have Carlito's blessing. I mean, which, you know, that would be the only well, thing. Right. Who does he have he, to answer to? You're right. But I'm just, and, I, like, and, maybe and, like, ah, crap, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. I don't well, know. Padron's doing the distribution, too. So that's the other piece going on with this. Any word on the cost of that? No. Did they talk about that at the show? No, no, not really. They, I mean, this has been like, this has been like, you know, the, you know, cloak and dagger. If you had to speculate, Coop, I know you're rumor free and teaser free. Right. Right. If it makes you feel better, I can take the banner down. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, that's good. What, what um, would you think that this box would go for? I forget how many are in the box. It's a it's very two expensive. Trains, you, right. Yeah. And and I, forget very, how many on, I have a picture. I have a picture. So here's uh, the box, and then it's two trays of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, but I think there's nine, multiple 20. trays in that thing. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna say the cigar. I'm saying for the cigars, one fifty each. One fifty each. Yeah, it's called Fuente Padron Legends, but I'm gonna say one fifty each. Um, I, from what I understand, only the retailers who get this may not get more than one humidor. Um. And I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if a lot of these will even make it. To, it's okay. It's forty. It's a forty count box. Okay. So, yeah. So twenty of of the Padron, twenty of the Fuente. So you do uh, the math on that. Um, forty times one fifty a piece, right? 
So, of course, I can't do the math in my head. Uh, so you're looking at $6,000. I mean, I, I look at that humidor. That's not a surprising price for me if I had to say that. I think you it's going to come in around 3000 a box. That's my guess. Really? That that much less? I think so they're going to be $75 a stick. You I think, think they're going to be $75? I think they're okay. going to be close. I, I have no idea, and I'm just guessing the way everybody else is guessing, but. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing there's no, yeah. I mean, if anybody would know, it would be one of you two guys. Honestly, like you guys have, we don't have a lot of experience. And yeah. no, we, look, it could be anything. It could be thirty dollars. It could be three hundred dollars. I mean, there really is no. There, there, there's strategies for all of it. It could be a hundred bucks stick. To be a hundred fifty bucks stick. I mean, there's really anything. It's just a guess, and you can justify any of those benchmark price wise of right. how or why they would do it. So, yeah. So do you yeah. guys buy a box? I ain't even gonna get. A, I mean, I don't. I, no, I'm not gonna buy a box, but I don't even think I'm. I'm I don't think most people are even gonna see this cigar. I think most of the retailers may. They're probably gonna keep it back, and either sell it to one of their best customers, mm-hmm. or um, keep it for themselves if it's only one box. I mean, I mean, I, I just don't see this as something that's gonna be on display in a store, or it's gonna I be think like. Be this, I think they'll sell it. I think they'll sell it. But I think most they'll try of, to. I, yeah. Be, the retailers are going to get this. They're not in the collection business. They may they may sell it to the best customer. They're probably going to do a limit one, get it out there, get the splash, get the marketing that goes with it. Um, I don't see a whole lot of people holding on to this box unless they get multiple boxes for some reason. But I don't think they're going to break the boxes. This is what happened when, when Padron. Remember when the Padron 50s came out in the humidor? Not a lot of people yeah. wanted to break those yeah. break those humidors up either. Well, they don't want to break the. I mean, look, any, we've always thought it's a cool idea to have like split boxes where you go, oh, I'm going to do like half Connecticut and Maduro's or I'm going to do whatever. And the problem with breaking up a box is, and, and this is limited, so it's not as big of a problem, but the problem full production is, is half the boxes like people gravitate towards. Now you got these half boxes that you have to like swap things out. Are people going to gravitate towards the Fuente? Are they going to gravitate to the majority? And you're right. That's a right. very good case for wanting to keep the the whole box together. Yeah, and, and I look me as a consumer. I'm not buying one and not the other. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna buy oh, two. For sure. I, yeah, for yeah sure. you know what I mean? It's just that would be a natural thing to do. Now that would be what a retailer could do is they could say, look, yeah. you know, here's the deal. I sell them as twos. Yeah, you have to buy one. You buy one right. of each. Yeah. And this right. Is the yeah. Set. right. Yep. That's that's how they come as a set. Huh. Yep. Well, maybe yep. maybe we'll find out this weekend. Maybe we'll see Coop write a five dollar bill over to Abe, and we'll find out next year. I, I actually owe Abe one too, so it's going to be kind of a little anticlimactic. But this has been the more high-profile uh, bet we we this bet's been going on for a, a good part of a year right now, mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's created a lot of good banter. And uh, I look if if the the rule I'll say is and a couple of you asked me, I said that's got we got to know that's for sale and shipped to a retailer before I can claim victory. So you know if we if we hear it's shipping and it's not at any if they announce it's shipping, but some it hasn't landed somewhere. I don't feel I can claim the bet. I think it has right. to land somewhere mm-hmm. for it to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Someone so. asked about the Padron fiftieth. I want to say they're twenty five bucks, aren't they? Um, I want to say they're about forty. Is it forty? I want to say forty five. But you know, it was just under fifty. But they were yeah, one hundred. Yeah. Well, okay, so they were one hundred and five when they came out because of those humidors. Okay. And because again, if because when you got the initial shipment, you you got the humidor. Now they they those are refills, which go for about forty. But when you factored in that humidor cost, that's why I think it's going to be more than three thousand. Is why I keep going with that. Mm-hmm. So okay, Sean says it has to cost more than the Padron. Um, depends on their strategy. Yeah. I mean, you know, do, do, is it automatically worth more because it's both of them? Did that yeah. add value to the Padron side? Because then the argument would be to not put it much right. higher. You know, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, hopefully we'll find out, Coop, and you win your bet. Yeah, and I said, this is, like if something, well, so if, if if they announce it, then the next thing it's got to land at the retailer for me to say it's a win. But we'll see. Like I said, there was, and I caught that, because I, I caught, when I was driving down to Florida, I put on some podcasts, and I happened to catch this one because I knew he was on this. I said, let me see if he says anything about it, and he did. So I'm sorry, you were, you were driving down to where? Florida. Okay, it didn't sound like that the first time. It was a very no. Very it's heavy it's accent. New Yorky. It's New York East. Yeah, there? yeah. There are a whole <laughs> lot of extra, you know, exactly. That's the way it has to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's proper proper uh, New York East. Yeah. All right. <laughs> for all for all your news, check out cigar-coop.com. And uh, before we wrap up the show, we have uh, one of our segments. Since the other guys are not here, I decided to keep one of them. Coop, before I bring in mine, you do you have one, or you want me to use mine? Use yours. Use yours. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it is time for Would You Rather, brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. to you by Gurkha Cigars and all right so this Fred oh oh are we back okay here we are all right yep we're here uh, did you hear me that whole time because I had yeah. a blank screen oh okay good well, so then I won't repeat myself um I mean unless so, it's something we didn't hear then I guess we wouldn't be able to know that we didn't hear right. it so whoa yeah yeah so Fred uh I assume you've seen this game before but the basically oh we're asking me Oh, we're gonna ask okay. both of them. Right. I mean, it's really okay. for everybody, all right. for all of us. Yeah. But I, okay. I found one online that I that I kind of liked. Um, so, would you rather have telekinesis, the ability to move things with your mind, or yes. telepathy, the ability to read minds? So, yeah, either be able move to move things with your mind or move. read other people's minds. Move things. Final answer. Yeah, really? the, the reading minds would just get you in trouble. Then you, you then you hear thoughts that you don't, and it just pisses you off because people have natural thoughts or whatever like that. Moving things would be just be cool. Yeah. But you're a businessman. Okay. Wouldn't that be great to know what they're thinking? No, because no, I think that there's probably a whole lot of downside. There's probably just a whole <laughs> lot of just, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. But um, yeah. no, there's probably a whole lot of downside with that. I'd rather just move things. Okay. All right. You know. Cool. I believe already that I can read body language really well and so i can kind of get some insight into the mind i'm not saying i'm perfect with it so i think the moving thing would be a much bigger gift for me at this point where i think i could kind of get enough from reading you know body language in people's minds where if i could have the power to move things that would be really powerful so i'm going moving things i'd be too lazy if i had the power to move things with my mind i would never get up ever again i would sit that, that, that maybe that's true and i'm lazy so i'd love i'd love to have that gift <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. You make a lot more money, you know. You know, being able to you know read people's minds. I'm just yeah. thinking that that would just be nuts. Exactly. exactly. Or you can just move the money from a bank safe with your mind and bring it to your house, and you could get rich that way too. Yeah. So like, no one's going to notice all this floating money going across. It's not invisible <laughs> money. I right. mean, we'll use your mind to hide it in something, and then bring that something to your house, man. It'd be a hell of a lot easier to steal if you could move things yeah, with your mind. Exactly. <laughs> All right, no, that's what you rather brought you. I could just play poker with somebody in Vegas for big dollars. And I'd know their hands if I could read their minds. Yeah. That's easy. I, I listen. I mean, I get it. 
I get it. I would want to, but I would want to read people's minds. You're right. It would be, there would be a lot of downside, but yeah, too much downside. So that was uh, Would You Rather brought to you by the fine folks at Gurkha Cigars and that little intro featuring Wani Boy. All right, guys. Well, listen, we made it. We got to the end of the show. We actually went over a couple of minutes. We spoke to Tom. We uh, had a good time. Yeah, uh, thanks, guys. It was fun. Fred, I can't thank you enough, man. Well, we appreciate Absolutely. it. Always great. Always great. Yeah. Absolutely. It really it really means a lot to us to have you. Be- before you go, is there is there anything that you want to announce uh, about nope. Illusion? Is nope. there anything we're, uh, we're coming to the end of the year. End, uh, end year. Um, the repackaging has gone great this year for Illusion. The Singulari is great. Uh, the Habano is on fire right now, but we've got, you know, we've got a bunch coming in and more coming in and we've, we've you know, triple production uh, on just, you know, whatever we can. And uh, it's, it's gone really well. So we've got some really cool stuff coming off the show, but we'll talk about that another day. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Coop. Everybody out there. Have a good day. Stay safe and keep it lit.